Joining us now from Split Rock Lighthouse, here is uh, the lighthouse keeper. <laughs> Hayes Scriven is joining us. Good morning, Hayes. Hey, Jeff. How the heck are you? Good. Good to see you again. Oh, this is great. All right. Thank you for agreeing to come in early and oh, uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, start your weekend here at KY Med. Actually, your weekend started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayes is now the uh, curator. I don't know what the uh, proper Techn- technical term is site manager. Site manager. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds super the, uh, fancy, doesn't it? <laughs> for one of Northfield's uh, most historic, iconic uh, structures, and that is the Split Rock Lighthouse on the North Shore. Yeah. You've been there, what, four, four years this now? This is my fourth summer up at Split okay. Rock, yeah. And you did a, a couple of museum, or a couple of years at a museum on the South Shore. Yeah, well. it was uh, when I left the Northfield Historical Society, I went to the Richard Bong Veterans Historical Center in Superior, Wisconsin. I was the executive director there for just about two years before I got the job at Split Rock. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, talk about, first of all, your time in Northfield. Uh, a lot of people uh, remember you. Mm-hmm. I know you, it's like, this is like a homecoming. <laughs> is this the first defeat days uh, you've been to in the uh, recent, last couple of years? Uh, since, like, it, yeah, uh, it's been about COVID? Or? Yeah, it's been probably four years, I think. Um, got the job at the lighthouse, and then COVID hit, so I haven't been since then. And then I had a wor- I was working one weekend, so I couldn't come. Mm-hmm. So I think it's been four or five years since I've been back to... For defeat days itself. I've been to Northfield mm-hmm. a bunch of times in between, but you, just you, for defeat. So. Yeah, you still have relatives. Uh, yeah. My, you and your wife uh, both have relatives. Yep, all of our family still lives out in Nearstrand. And you were talking about the fog. There's a lot of fog out. Is there? <laughs> oh. I, here in town, I don't see any. Yeah. But, well, uh, when I woke up at my parents' house, I, I looked out the windows and I was like, man, I must. I feel like I'm back up on the North Shore. Like, it's foggy up there all the time <laughs> in the morning. So it was kind of crazy. But Well, I want to talk about... Uh, uh, the lighthouse yeah. gig, uh, but before we do that, let's get into a little bit about about you and your background. You yeah. were uh, at the Northfield Historical Society for maybe ten years. It was a uh, eleven and a half years. Eleven and a half yeah. years. Uh, Great and, 11 and a half years. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and was. you were also the uh, general chair of Defeat Days. I was for two years, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> you handled it very, very well. Let's let's talk about some of those memories you yeah. have for, from, uh, start off with uh, Defeat Days, because mm-hmm. we're in the middle of it right now. Yeah. I mean, you walk back after not being, or you walk through downtown after yeah. not being here into the Historical Society yeah. last night. and. Oh. Uh, Boy, that's a bit <laughs> you of a know, homecoming. It is. It was last night was really, really great. I since I left, I haven't come down for townie night. I'd always come down for like Friday or Saturday, and I'd hang out with some people for that. But this is the first time I've come down for pretty much the entire weekend. And being able to walk down, I I got here yesterday. I walked, uh, parked in the Washington Street parking lot <laughs> where I used to park <laughs> all the time, and I walked down to the historical society and. Just coming down the hill there and, and, you know, seeing the crowd and I just got all nostalgic right away. And it was really great. Walked in the, the into the uh, historical society and there's Kathy Ness. You know, she's a really good friend of mine and, you know, gave her a big hug. And then I saw you and Terry and just a whole slew of other people in there. And it, that felt for the first time in a long time like it was a homecoming. And I was able to see everybody that I, you know, used to work with and used to play with a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. It's just it was a lot of fun and just uh, Lisa Peterson was telling me, she goes, yeah, I just saw you over there standing in a corner holding court like you used to. And it, <laughs> it was really great. It was, it was just really cool. And to walk in and, you know, to see the historical site have this new exhibit on the 75th anniversary of the celebration was really kind of, honestly, it was shocking just because there was, they, they did a really great job putting so much in there to, to try to capture the entirety of it. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And then I walked out and, you know, we walked around the food vendors and, 
got myself a big pronto pup and <laughs> I kind of lined up my food list for the rest of the weekend too. So I know what I was going to do, but that was, it was so much fun last night. Yeah. I lined up my food list beforehand too. And I did them all yesterday. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to, what I'm going to, what's left to have. You got to pace yourself. I'm going to have to find something new to mm-hmm. like, because uh, there's a lot of good stuff to uh, like down there. But the historical society, <clears throat> you've been gone for like six, eight Z- years, yeah. mm-hmm. something like that now. Uh, it has uh, continued mm-hmm. to uh, evolve. And you mentioned the display last night. Yeah, they did a wonderful job. And yeah. folks, you can still go down there over the weekend and mm-hmm. see it or really anytime. But for 75 years, and I, I think they put this together a little bit, got a little bit of a late start of yeah. uh, curating that, getting gathering all the stuff together. Uh, and they had some obstacles to overcome. There have been some rearranging during flooding circumstances, which you're familiar <laughs> oh, with. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that building anymore. <laughs> <laughs> building would give me nightmares with the flooding issues. But, uh, you know, Sean and the staff have done, did a real good job of, you, you mentioned the entirety, yeah. the, 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 the span of 75 years. There's a lot of history in there. Yeah. And they did a good job of capturing the highlights. Yeah, it was good. And it was good to just see a lot of different faces that I'd known before and some faces that I don't want to see again that that clown picture of Dave Vesselall or <laughs> Pat I'm just like I never I thought I buried that photo and I never want to see it again and there it was big as day and I was like oh boy they hired an archaeologist <laughs> to get that one out yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it's just a great exhibit and to have them the way they pulled it together was really great and you know the the bank site still looks amazing, you know, the way they've interpreted that now is just amazing. So it was a lot of fun to walk in and see that and like I said talk with a lot of good friends still and get caught up and that was just the start of it. Like even today like I was walking down here to the studio and I was telling you I ran into Brad Ness, he was giving a police officer a hard time <laughs> like brad <laughs> likes to do um but we we talked for a little bit before i got down here and i'm just super excited for the rest of the weekend yeah it's going to be a lot of fun uh do you have certain things you want to do over the weekend uh, certain things you want to see <laughs> well i, I want to see a bank raid because i haven't seen that in in a few years and um i just want to kind of be here to help that's all mm-hmm. i'm here i told the committee i'd say hey I'm, d- I'm coming down if you guys want me to help out i can help out wherever i want so the, what is the first thing i do i sign up to help brad move people barricades at nine o'clock <laughs> i was like i hate those barricades so much but yeah, i'm like it's just like old knowledge like i just fall right into it again yeah. okay let's do that it's so, like you never missed a beat i know right so i still remember the specifics where you have to put each one of them mm-hmm. at every time when you go through so it's uh yeah i don't know why i signed up for that <laughs> but, um i'd like to get down to the rodeo if i can too and just see the rodeo and just walk around i really this is kind of the first time where i ha- don't really have any responsibility because even when i came down before i was still helping out with a few things and um, I just kind of want to take it in because I honestly I haven't taken it in as like a visitor in since I was a kid probably because um, you know I worked for so long here in town and I was always involved with stuff and so this is the first time I can kind of just enjoy it. Oh well, as a tourist, yeah, don't work too hard. I, I'm <laughs> definitely not going to. <laughs> uh, Hayes Scriven is our guest, the uh, former director of the Northfield Historical Society and general chair of uh, the Feet of Jesse James days. Uh, your your family are they? Uh, well, you get kids in school. Yeah, yes. so they they stayed up on the shore. They stayed up at the lighthouse and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we talked about coming down, and um, we were like, yeah, we don't want to throw them off that first uh, week of school, you know, getting them back into the routine, and then to mm-hmm. drive down and have all this craziness, and then head back to school. So, figured, yeah, we'll just leave them there. Let's talk about life in a lighthouse. Yeah, uh, you got that gig uh, right before COVID, as you mentioned. Yeah. So that was interesting time. You go from extremely busy to. Uh, 
Were you even open? No. (laughs) No, we weren't. (laughs) Yeah, I got the job in November of 2019, and COVID hit in March, and it was like, yeah, so I had like three, four months of like somewhat normal trying to onboard into a new organization, a big organization in the Minnesota Historical Society, and um, then COVID hit and just shut it off, and like, okay, now what do we do? As we all try to navigate that fun. Now, is that uh, under the direct control of the uh, Minnesota Historical Mm -hmm. Society, or is it the DNR? Nope. So I work for the Minnesota Historical Society. Um, We're surrounded by the DNR. So the site is actually owned by the state of Minnesota, and then the Minnesota Historical Society administers the site. So we we run all of the operation there, the programming, the facility, the the upkeep on all the historic structures. We do that. But we do work really closely with our friends in the DNR at the state park on the maintenance of kind of the entire area immediately surrounding it as well. Mm-hmm. The And you live in the I do. In, entire area yeah, immediately <laughs> surrounding, surrounding that. Uh, living there, is it? are you the only family that's there? Are there other residents in that area? Nope. So we do live in one of the three keepers' homes there on site. And, um, you know, that's, for a history nerd like myself, it's pretty awesome. Like, just just being surrounded by all that history and to continue the the legacy of the keepers that were there before me and will be after me as well is is really neat and it it has a it has its perks you know i got great scenery every morning i wake up i'm on top of a 130 foot cliff and i get to see lake superior and all the wildlife that's with it you know that view just sucks (laughs) (laughs) um and then you know it's always different changing the weather is different um and then you know i get to see my 150,000 closest neighbors every year as they come through to visit the lighthouse and see what talk about it all the time. So um, I'm always surrounded by people, which is, you know, fun and has its negatives too as well. But um, it is a, it is a great thing. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, we, Probably the average person will go there and see you there and get a tour or talk to you or such, but uh, you, uh, your job, uh, it, it, being a tour guide is only a small part of your job. Yeah. What do you do the rest of the time? I mean, is there <laughs> maintenance and stuff? I'm sure there's all kinds of things to do. What uh, Tell us your, yeah. your typical do- uh, day and duties. Yeah, so typical day, actually, Jeff, I get to sit in a less comfortable chair than I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I sit at my desk. Um, you know, I always joke with people when they ask me what I do. Uh, I they want me to say something fancy and romantic and it. So I always tell them I wrestle bears. Like, <laughs> like I, I go out and wrestle a bear every morning. Um, gets the blood running really good. Um, but no, I, I sit at a desk a lot. I do a lot of people management cause we have a staff of 40 in the peak of our season, do a lot of programming operational stuff, but I do a lot of, I interface between the site staff and the staff at the Minnesota historical society in St. Paul. Um, so I do a lot of that. Uh, do also a lot of long-range planning, too, for the site, kind of looking at preservation projects, maintenance needs, uh, fundraising, that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, in the winter months, it does change a little bit. I do have to do a lot more snow clearing, <laughs> um, some other basic maintenance like that, too. But it is pretty much an office job, so a lot of budget stuff, too. And um, in the busy season, when we're on a really busy weekend, like on a Saturday, you know, we can have upwards of 1,900, 2,000 people there a day. Um, I'm out on the floor, you know, out on the site talking to people, you know, making sure they're getting through, having a good time. So it is a wide variety, you know, changes from day to day on what I'm doing and how busy we are, too. Mm-hmm. 
uh, can you talk to us about the historical aspect of the uh, lighthouse? Mm-hmm. Maybe something you'd say like on a tour to yeah. some tourists. Uh, you know, tell us, give us the history. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, for those of you that don't know, Split Rock was uh, kind of born out of a 1905 storm on Lake Superior. That, and that storm had sunk or damaged 30 ships on the lake. It was a very large loss of life and loss of uh, you know capital for the shipping industry. Uh, 30 guys died on that. Um, during that storm and um the storm is actually named after the matafa ship that crashed into the north break wall in duluth and the the really sad part about that story is that basically the the ship crashed and ran aground um out in the pier out in the in the bay and the city of duluth basically watched half of the that crew freeze to death out there because the the life-saving boats couldn't get out to rescue the, sh- the the crew members on that ship. And it was just a tragic story. And then up the shore, you have all these other ships wrecking along the coast. And then about a half mile north of where Split Rock is, the ship Madeira crashed into a, a big point called Gold Rock Point, sunk there. But the the heroic part about this story is that one of the crew members, uh, Fred Benson, as the ship was getting crashed up against the rocks, he, as the ship would pull away before it would slam back into the rock face, he saw a landing, and he jumped to the, to the cliff face with a rope, climbed to the top of the rope up you know, 70 feet, threw a rope down, rescued seven of the other eight remaining crew members. Like, an amazing story. And I, I think back to that. I think, I, I like, I think about like what Joseph Lee Haywood did here mm-hmm. in, in Northfield. Like, would I have that fortitude to be like, well, I'm either going to die on the boat or I'm going to die try living to save these other guys? Like, mm-hmm. I, in that the big nasty storm, like thirty foot waves, you know, seventy mile an hour winds smashing into the, like, just boggles wow. my mind. Yeah. And then the crew sit, survived up there for um, three days before a tugboat came and got them. So this nasty storm, big nasty storm. Um, Ship Carrier Association gets together and they petition Congress for $75,000 to build a light station within a three-mile radius of the Split Rock River. So then the light station was built, started construction in 1909 and finished in 1910. So it came up pretty quickly. Um, and then the, the, the thing that, outside of the creation story of the lighthouse, the, the next thing that I always tell people I think is the most fascinating is the construction of the lighthouse itself because it's on a 130-foot cliff northern remote minnesota in 1909-1910 there's no roads up there so they brought everything up by boat they had to bring everything up the cliff and they engineered all those buildings that you see up on the site basically on their own and bringing everything in in just these horrible conditions well not horrible rustic conditions <laughs> i would call it so yeah it's just the the light the way the station was built and how quickly it was built came in under budget did everything for seventy five thousand dollars and had money left over to but to build a tram system 10 years later too so mm-hmm. just an amazing structure in, in the way they built it and you know you fast forward now to the lighthouse in the situation that it's in now as a historic destination tourist destination for everybody and it what makes it really unique is everything there is pretty much original you know when the coast guard decommissioned the station in 1969 and gave it to the state um, you know, the original clockwork mechanisms there, the original lenses there, um, the houses ha- are 
pretty much the same as they were back then. You know, the other structures there are pretty much the same. You know, we've built the visitor center and a few other buildings nearby, but that's about it. Mm. Tell us about the overall condition of the building right now. Mm -hmm. I was there, it's been about 20 years Mm -hmm. since I've uh, been up to Split Rock and toured the lighthouse, and Mm -hmm. I've got to make it up there someday. You can give me a tour. I'll give you a tour. But uh, has it been well-capped and well-maintained through the years? Yeah, no, uh, Minnesota Historical Study has done a great job preserving the building and all the structures, really. And actually, I just had a meeting um, on Tuesday with uh, our capital projects uh, division leader, um, we've got a big project coming up where we're going to do, um, it's a bond-funded project, and we're going to do all of our new tra- uh, trails and landscapes throughout the site. So we're going to make them all more ADA compliant, add in a couple other features to restore some uh, concrete work that's been de- degrading and work on a few other sites. Um, but the buildings are in great shape. They all have their own little tweaks, as historic buildings do, like I was joking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Scriver building. Um, and so, like, another project that we've got is some moisture mitigation in the lighthouse. The the mortar is, cr- you know, cracking and effluencing, and all this crap is coming mm-hmm. in. And so they're doing great work, but it's a constant, you know, battle with historic buildings that are over, you know, 100 years old and working with them. It's just... Uh, yeah, especially the ones hanging precariously <laughs> over a cliff, a bunch of large body of water. Yeah. It, <laughs> there's a there's a walkway in front of the fog signal building that was put in by the DNR. It's an ADA ramp. And when we started this Trails and Landscape project, they said, oh, we got to do some restoration work on this sidewalk. And I was like, well, why? Well, they took a drone out and they showed me. And it... <laughs> There's literally no rock underneath the concrete, and we're whoa. like, "Whoa, okay, that might be problematic." Yeah, and it's it's just a nor- like they built it that way, but you can see it's like the concrete starting to fall mm-hmm. off, and we're like, "Well, we better fix that." <laughs> <laughs> There's some other stuff that we've got to do, but it, the, in all the the buildings are in pristine shape. All right, now, do you have? Uh, I'm sure you, during the summertime, of course, the North Shore is the place to be for so many Minnesotans, are the place to go. Yeah. So I'm sure you're very busy. After Labor Day weekend, is it a little quieter now? You, you'll probably get people soon with the fall colors. Yeah, yeah. It, so Labor Day is kind of our last hurrah of the week of the summer. And, you know, on that Sunday of Labor Day weekend, we had 1,700 people there that day. Um, capped off a big weekend. I think that whole weekend we saw like 5,000 people through the, the complex. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's busy. <laughs> um, and then we thought Tuesday was going to be quiet. We had like 800 people show up and all the staff are just exhausted and we're like, man, there's 800 people here today. This is still pretty crazy. Um, but then it, it's kind of slowly tick, tr- trickled off um, throughout the week. But So it does slow down pretty much during the week, but the weekends are still busy mm-hmm. and the fall colors are already starting to change up on the shore. I don't want to send everybody up there right now, but um, I was up the Sawbill Trail by Lutzen the other day and I saw probably 20 to 30% color up there um so some of the maples are already starting to turn and lutzen's starting to turn too so um if you're looking to do it color's coming early yeah yeah it is um ghosts <laughs> have you seen any ghosts up there because that really seems like it would be ghost country when you have a, a century-old lighthouse <laughs> so the official stance is that uh you know they don't exist um but I, I do. Whose official stance <laughs> is that? M N H S folks, they okay. don't exist. Um, but no, but I will say that I've had like feelings, and I, I I've said this even at the Scriver Building. Like I've had I've had it, feelings and encounters in the Scriver Building as well, mm-hmm. and so, um, like a presence is there, and you know I I've 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 felt things there that 
maybe I'm being watched or being judged because lighthouse keepers were meticulous on <laughs> certain things. <laughs> they had to be. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, it, uh, yeah, I think there is just it's a different sense. And, you know, mm-hmm. All right. anything's always possible. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, your life in the great uh, north, great yeah. north woods of Minnesota. Uh, one thing that I, I really didn't know about you too much until uh, you moved up there is uh, love of photography. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, all these <clears throat> wonderful pictures of lighthouses, and you're on the cover of magazines, <laughs> or your your photographs uh, yeah. are on the uh, covers of magazines, National Lighthouse magazines mm. and such, and some wonderful images that you've captured. Talk about photography, where you got on there, mm-hmm. and what you've been doing with it. Yeah, I, I you know, it's funny when I, was at the historical site last night. I, everyone's like, "Oh, how's the job?" And I love your photography. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this, thank you so much for that." And um, yeah, I've always you, going back into high school. I always had kind of a creative eye. I was told by my art teacher, anyway. I did, yeah. <laughs> and so I've always had this like drive to like create stuff. Like even when I was in Northfield, I would I would create little videos for this or that, and even for defeat days, I would create little intro videos. I was watching one last night that came up on my Facebook memory of the food at DJJD <laughs> that I had made, <laughs> um, and so I'd always had that that kind of uh, itch, and but I never could like scratch that itch when I was here in Northfield. I couldn't afford it. I didn't have a lot of time. Um, and then when I went to the, the job in Superior, um, once again, I just didn't really have the time to, to scratch that itch. I didn't, you know, I'd always had my phone and I was kind of like, Ooh, I'm a really great photographer. I can take pictures on my phone. Um, give the job at Split Rock and, um, they had a nice fancy site camera there. So I started taking pictures with that just to, to market the site. And then, um, COVID hit and I had all this time on my hands <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. Um, and so I, I really started taking it seriously and it honestly got me through the pandemic in that sense of like, I could get out and do something because I could do it on my own. I could be outside. I could go see these cool things. And I'd also realized that, you know, I'd lived up in two harbors for like three, four years now and I really hadn't explored it. And I was like, I told myself and my wife and I, we said, when we move up here, we're going to explore the North shore. Like it's beautiful. You have to go out and do that. Well, it, we had been there for, like I said, a few years and we hadn't really done that. And so I got out and started seeing all these amazing things that the North shore has and, um, just started taking pictures of it. And I'd always been kind of fascinated. One of the first, one of the other things I got into when I started watching YouTube videos, cause that's kind of how I learned the techniques. And I got, I got in with a couple of photographers as well that were that, that have become really good friends and they would teach me how to were teaching me how to do this and still do. Um, <clears throat> and uh, one of the things I got into was I wanted to start taking pictures of the night sky. And I was like, the night sky is so awe inspiring. It has so many meanings in different ways. And those pictures look really flipping sweet. <laughs> <laughs> they do, folks, if you haven't seen them. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to figure out how to take a picture of the Milky Way. Like, it's one of the easiest things to see in the night sky. And, like, I live in a dark sky area. Like, I'm not here in town where, you know, you got all this light pollution. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends on where you live as far as being easy. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. But uh, but uh, you can up on the North Shore. You can. And so I, I got that bug of, like, okay, I, I, can, I can see it. I can take a picture of it. Now how do I, like, 
tell a story with the picture. Like, how am I going to do that? How am I going to, you know, learn more about this stuff, either the night sky or, or even the landscape that I'm, that I'm taking a picture of. And so I've got into more of that and learning how to tell a story and compose an image and, um, all of that. And it's just been a great thing. And it, I fell in love with the night sky and astrophotography. And now I've been able to see the Northern lights way more than I ever thought I'd ever be able to see up there. I've taken trips to Alaska to, to see the Northern lights and it's just been a great thing. And the photography's really changed my life in that sense of getting out and doing things and exploring more. And it's a creative outlet for me too. Now, if our listeners would like to see some of your <laughs> photographic efforts, uh, is there, do you have like a webpage or something? Oh yeah, I've got a few to, things and I, I appreciate the free promotion here. I'll give you 20 bucks. Um, no, yeah, I have a Facebook page. It's uh, Hayes Scriven Photography. You can take a look there. I've got all my landscape images, uh, all my astro images are there. And then I also have a website where I do sell my photos. It's hscrivenphoto.com. And I, uh, post a lot of my really good stuff there and then i also have two calendars that i just put out this year uh, north shore minnesota calendar landscape photography so uh waterfalls lighthouses uh sunrises sunsets all of that great stuff and then i've got a specific uh night sky calendar as well that i uh put out as well that has a t- mostly aurora this year because we've had really great northern lights and some milky way shots as well um and then i also got an instagram page it's a uh, split rock keeper haze if you want to <laughs> <laughs> go out and follow that I, I do a little bit more on that kind of like as a daily thing about my life at split rock and what we're doing so there's some behind the scenes stuff and then also some photo stuff as well once again haze scribbit is our guest today the uh lighthouse keeper yeah so the guy who lighthouse yeah. keeping for a living a yeah. l- lighthouse um now, being up north, that's uh, the photography and, and uh, some of the uh, opportunities that you mentioned you have. Uh, you hosted Northfield Outdoors <laughs> here for uh, a couple of years with uh, with Dave Vesley yeah. Hall. Uh, so I know you have a certain love of outdoors out th- uh, that, uh, especially the, the north, because you always went up to the boundary yeah. waters every vacation. It seemed like, uh, judging by what I've seen on social media. You and the family have made kind of a seamless move up toward <laughs> into the paradise out there. You know, you're up the hiking and hunting and uh, just enjoying the great North Woods. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I love I love Southern Minnesota. I love Northfield. I love Near Strand. Um, but moving up north and being you know within thirty minutes of the deep North Woods, like you can go out and you can just lose cell service and be in this wild northern minnesota has been a great transition and it 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 offers a lot of opportunity for outdoor activity canoeing hiking that kind of stuff and and hunting has just been been great and yeah we've we've really transitioned well into it and it's just been a a a ton of fun and um i don't i i thought i would regret it i i really don't (laughs) it's been a great uh, decision for us to to move up and do that and it, it it does provide a lot of opportunity and it is a different pace you know you, you're down when you when I, I notice when i come down here down to the southern part of the state in twin cities area like everything's a lot faster mm-hmm. and then i go up to duluth and even in the city of duluth like it's just a different pace like it's just slower and like people are relaxed and they're doing stuff that they want to do and it it it's it's a great 
feeling. That's why people go up north. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that pace uh, is palatable. I mean, it's just uh, you can feel it while you're while you're there. Uh, the wife and kids, how, how's the family? Oh, they're doing there? great. Yeah, Jenny's a, a Head Start teacher in the Two Harbors District. And uh, my son, Devin, is seven, or in, in seventh grade, and he's taking his hunter safety course because we're going outdoors to do hunting mm-hmm. stuff. And he's just, he's growing into such a, a great big kid and, um, you know, really taking an interest in a lot of outdoor activities. So I'm excited to see that. And then my daughter, um, Annalise, is 15, which means she's started driving. <laughs> <laughs> if Jeff can see my face. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I do. There's, there's a lot the kids of... Kids are going to need to have some type of uh, transportation. Yes. So she started driving and... Um, She's in 10th grade now, and she's just doing doing gangbusters with that. And for those of you that know, too, she has some health issues, and she's doing really great with that. She just had a recent surgery um, a few years ago to repair some stuff in her heart, and she's doing great. She loves dance. She's just this big uh, dancer. She's got these um, – she's an amazing ballerina, and, like, I'm just so happy for her to be able to continue to do that and, and grow into this young woman that she is now. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hey, so we're about out of time. we got to get moving what? on at some hey, point. You keep me here for the ice cream guy. I told you when I came in, like, uh, you, you'd book me without the ice cream guy. You, you can hang out. We've got, uh, we've got comfortable seats out there, too, man. This isn't, this isn't one of those government-run operations where they have a million trillion dollars but don't spend it. <laughs> That's very true, Jeff. Very I don't true. have any money, but I spend it. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> I'll figure out ways. <laughs> Buy nice, nice chairs. I got to work in this chair. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for coming in. We Jeff, appreciate this, it. This has been great. I, I, you know, like you're talking about, it feels great coming in here. And when I walked in the studio, it brought back a lot of great memories. So this has been awesome. Well, anytime you want to do Northfield Live, live from. Hey, two harbors. Or you got my cell phone, man. Give me a call. I'll give you. I'll, I'll do it. All right. Here's Lighthouse Hayes. <laughs> I can do the weather for the North Shore for you. All right. Sounds good. Hayes, thanks a lot for stopping in. Thanks, Jeff.